The following Taisho by Shinge Roshi, Roko Sheri Shayat, was recorded at the Zen Center of Syracuse Hoenji in Syracuse, New York. These recordings are offered for free. We welcome your financial support. To contribute and for further information, please visit www.zencenterofsyracuse.org. Thank you. Blue Cliff Record, Case 46. Kyose's Voice of the Raindrops. Engo's Introduction. In a single act, he transcends both the ordinary and the holy. With a single word, he cuts through all complications and encumbrances. He walks along the ridge of an iceberg. He treads the blade edge of a sword. Amidst form and sound, sitting and walking, his activity is wondrously free. Putting all that aside, tell me, how is it when he disappears at that very instant? See the following. Main subject. Kyosei asked a monk, what is that sound outside? The monk said, that is the voice of the raindrops. Kyosei said, people's thinking is upside down. They lose themselves in the pursuit of things. The monk asked, what about you? Kyosei replied, almost not losing myself. The monk asked, what do you mean by almost not losing yourself? Kyosei said, Expressing oneself may be relatively easy, but total expression is difficult. Secho's verse. The empty hall resounds with the voice of the raindrops. Even the master cannot answer. If you say he turned the current back, you still don't have any understanding. Understanding? No understanding? On South Mountain, on North Mountain, the rain pours down.
Yesterday morning seems like a kalpa ago, right? Do you remember waking up to the white snow covering everything? When I was preparing for session, as most of you know, I've been going sequentially through the Blue Cliff Record. So I went to look to see what is the next koan. And uh, the temperature was somewhere around three below. And with the wind chill factor, it was 25 below. And I thought, hmm. I'll never have the voice of the raindrops at this session. (laughs) But as they say in the Northeast, don't like the weather? Wait a minute. Of course, this is true for our lives. You don't like what's happening in your life? Wait a minute. Soon you'll be dead. We were just chanting Hakuin's song of Zazen. Sentient beings are all fundamentally, primarily, not so good, fundamentally, without exception, Buddhas. It is like ice and water. Apart from water, How can ice exist outside sentient beings? Where do we find the Buddhas? So some 32 or so Buddhas sitting here. 33, counting me. And, of course, we all are familiar with pre-session jitters, right? Mm -hmm. Come feeling stuck and anxious and bound up and worried that we'll never be able to do this sitting three whole days and there's going to be pain and there's going to be sleeplessness and and we're right, right? but we have lots of ideas come with all kinds of rigid ideas, convictions, projections, assumptions, expectations, all kinds of fears. And concerns. And in spite of ourselves, Look, second day of session. Really? Who believes it's the second day of session? When did it begin? Today, after Doksan, I looked out the window. And there was 
a bright red cardinal sitting on the stone fountain, splashing about in what had been solid ice just a couple of days ago. And there were all kinds of birds drinking from puddles and pecking at what I guess worms. One that even looked like a robin. Is this possible? Robin stays. This robin was looking so confused. (laughs) Winter? Spring? Just looking around. (laughs) So today we meet Chinese, do I dare? Ching ching dao fu. Now we'll hear from the expert. I'm sorry, I don't know this person. (laughs) (laughs) So it'll have to do. Anyway, he was born one year before Rinzai's passing in 868, and he lived until 937, so he was 74. And evidently, he was extremely sensitive from an early age. When he was six years old, he refused ever again to eat meat or fish and was ordained not long after that. And he traveled after his early training and met Seppo Gison on Elephant Bone Mountain and became his disciple and inherited Seppo's dharma. Some of you know Seppo and Ganto and Toksan from your koan studies. Kyosei appears in another well-known koan, also in the Blue Cliff Record, case 16. A monk said to Kyosei, I want to peck from the inside. Would you please tap from the outside? And this was Kyosei's method of teaching pecking and tapping, being astute and sensitive to just where the student was and knowing just what word, what gesture, how to break together from inside, from outside. This simultaneous pecking and tapping This is the readiness of the student and the intuitive responsiveness of the teacher. Such a precious relationship. And when we think about it, this koan, pecking and tapping, goes on all the time. This is continual doksan. On another occasion, 
Kyose asked a monk, What is that sound outside? The monk said, It's the sound of a snake eating a toad. Kyose said, When you acknowledge the suffering of beings, then there are more suffering beings. When you awaken to the suffering of beings, it's everywhere. Avalokiteshvara, the Bodhisattva of compassion, Kanzeon, hearing all cries. When we acknowledge one, we hear them all. This sensitivity, this deep, deep feeling Feeling Buddhas we are. The more we sit, the more we feel. The more we feel, the more we respond to not only those around us, but to ourselves, our own cries. Recently, there have been so many losses. We have altar bristling with memorial plaques. Also, beloved pets have passed away. Many dear kitty cats of several Sangha members over recent weeks. And of course we know all varieties of difficulty, not just losing one's father or mother, sister or brother, child, aunt, uncle, cousin, nephew, difficulties at work, at home, feeling I can't ever get free from these obligations. I can't ever get ahead. So many bills. They pile up, and then somebody gets sick, and then it becomes a question, do I pay for medicine or food? Do I pay the rent? Or buy school supplies? Typically, people come here And they're not in such extreme circumstances. 
but you can't be sure. I know there are people who are in this situation. We are all practicing together in various degrees of extremity, financial and otherwise. And sometimes that extremity seems to be caused by irritating people in our lives, feeling beleaguered by others. Yet here we are at Seshin, right? Doing deep prajna paramita, clearly seeing that the five skandhas are shunyata. Still, every now and then, we may feel irritable. (laughs) And maybe, maybe, just maybe, when we chant the Bodhisattva's vow, something really hits home for us, like this. If by chance they should turn against us, and abuse and persecute us. This could be the pain in your leg. This is they abusing and persecuting, right? Yes. We should bow down with humble words. You all know this passage very well, right? In the reverent belief that who uses devices to emancipate us from sinful karma that has been produced and accumulated upon ourselves by our own egoistic delusion and attachment through the countless cycles of kalpa. Isn't that wonderful that we have this fabulous opportunity Right? To remember, oh, these are the devices, the very devices, the very tools that we have been craving. Everybody says, what can you give me? (laughs) Right? Now, come on, world. Give me something good that I can use to feel better. Okay. (laughs) There you go. You know, in our intensive practice, this kind of practice that we're doing together, we really can become increasingly aware that we have indeed accumulated so much miserable karma through our own egoistic delusion and attachment. We very rarely put those two together, but we can begin to see that sitting here. And I have heard from quite a few people how disgusted they are with themselves. (laughs) 
The same old, same old. I thought I had dealt with that long before, but here it is again. Feelings of inadequacy, negativity, resistance. We don't really want to look at the stuff we've been carrying around. We feel the weight of the burden, but we don't really want to examine it. Realizing all this, these are devices to emancipate me from all that karma. So then we have to think, okay, karma, we may feel very gloomy and say, okay, all my evil karma, that's why I'm so miserable. But look, here we are. Isn't this wonderful karma? Today we heard in the Diamond Sutra, in fact, it was a passage about us. I hope that you realized that when you heard it. So it's on page 60. Buddha said, Sabuti, at the end of the last 500-year period, following the decline of the good doctrine, the last 500-year period, okay, when is that? Here we are, following the decline of the good doctrine. Imagine, we're here. We're living in the decline era. No wonder. (laughs) But, but, there will still be self-controlled men and women rooted in merit. This is everyone here. How did you get here? Well, I drove from New Jersey. (laughs) Rooted in merit. Who will perceive the truth of these teachings? Even though you may find yourself mystified as the Diamond Sutra is being read, or as you are doing chanting in morning service, your mind may be wandering all over the place, anywhere but what we are actually chanting. The truth of these teachings, nonetheless, is penetrating you so that when something happens, you can say, ah, wonderful device to emancipate me. Thank you. Then Buddha goes on to say, such beings have not strengthened their root of merit under just one Buddha or two Buddhas or three or four or five Buddhas, but under countless Buddhas. And their merit is of every kind. This you may embrace. Not just miserable, negative karma, but this, your merit is of every kind. 
You have been training under countless Buddhas. Lifetime after lifetime, therefore, you are here today. Does anyone doubt this? Well, <laughs> maybe a little bit I don't, maybe. Okay, okay. But these men and women, you guys, coming to hear the teachings will have immediate insight into their profound truth. When is immediate? When is now? When does it ever end? So we have this wonderful virtue called patience. We are patiently now. Now, 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 now. So here we all are, being so grateful to our karma, all of it. All of it without any single drop pushed away. Because being here, we are learning to be completely attentive, completely 100% seeing, hearing. Seeing into our own suffering, into others' suffering, and then what? Seeing and hearing even more, as Kyosei said. And how do we respond? Some of you know the koan in which the question is asked about Avalokiteshvara. Avalokiteshvara has a thousand hands, and on each hand there is an eye. How does she function? And the answer is, like a sleeper in the middle of the night adjusting the pillow. naturally, nothing special, whatever is required, simply reaching and adjusting to extend compassion to more and more. How? To extend this mind You know the story of the beached starfish? Someone walking along on the beach and picking up starfish and throwing it back in the water. And the whole beach is completely littered with starfish. Someone comes along and says, What? There's so many everywhere. How can you make a difference? And he says, makes a difference to this one. Well, let's look at today's koan. Okay. Engo's introduction. 
in a single act, he transcends both the ordinary and the holy. Ordinary. Just picking up a starfish. Holy. Realizing every sentient being is Buddha. No matter what the form, no matter what the circumstances. And Kyosei's way of teaching, knowing when to tap so that the student can break through. This is with a single word, cuts through all complications and encumbrances. This tap, this word. What is this word in this koan? He asks this question. What is that sound outside? This is like Joshu's moo. He's asking, but he's presenting. Fundamental. Cutting through inner, outer, yes, no, understanding, not understanding. Single stroke. Then Engo says, in a single act, with a single word, he walks along the ridge of an iceberg. He treads the blade edge of a sword. This freedom of functioning in the most subtle ways, in the most fitting ways. It seems like an impossibility to most of us, most of the time. For so many of us, we feel, I can't speak, I can't give a word, I can't act. I'm stuck. If I do it this way, maybe it's wrong. If I do it that way, it's probably also wrong. How can I weigh it and figure out what to do? This emphasis on figuring out is really the problem. We can never figure out anything. When we completely give ourselves over to just this breath. Then when faced with some situation, who speaks? Who acts? Move, right? Completely no one. There is no separate self there figuring things out. It is just 
responding immediately. So this is why I tell you always when you express your difficulties and say, what should I do? What do I say? Breathe. Just breathe. This just breathe is so amazing. How many of you have discovered this amazing power of one true breath? Right? Oh, everybody's raising a hand, or almost. This is it. Cannot cogitate. Okay, let's see if I do it this way, and then no, maybe not that way. This way. But if we just say, forget about it. <laughs> and just and you stay with it okay that breath where did it go where did it end almost always you draw back from it why If you have pain, it's because you've drawn back from it, not because you have crippling arthritis. This sounds very mean, doesn't it? (laughs) I don't mean to... Words are so funny. I I don't mean to um, belittle difficulties, but we create difficulties in our minds much more than we actually have. And go. Says amidst form and sound, sitting and walking. Huckling comments on this. If you can master this sphere, you gain great freedom serene and peaceful indeed. Zen practitioners have to be able to sleep in peace in the midst of sound and form. Wonderful statement to remember. While you are grouching about the person next to you at night who's snoring, (laughs) or thinking, the wind is making so much noise, I can't sleep. The windows are rattling. Or that fire engine, uh, screaming. What are you going to do to fix it? Simply to say, ah, avatars of Buddha, my dear friends, gather round. Let us enjoy these small adversities on our way to the ultimate adversity, which we all get to have. And then Ingo says, all that aside, tell me, how is it when he, Kyosei, disappears at that very instant How is it when you just go right into Buddhahood? 
in a flash with no expedient means, no ladder to climb. Just right here, right now. Who's keeping you back? What's going on in your mind right now? I wish she would shut up so we could have yoga. (laughs) Okay. But first we'll hear the main subject. Kyose asked a monk, what is that sound outside? He's tapping from the outside. What is this? Is he asking about sound as a separate phenomenon, as a thing? The monk says, that is the voice of the raindrops responding indeed from the outside. Pecking from the inside, that is the voice of the raindrops. Here I am, all right? Here I am, here it is. I am separate from it. Would you please help me get through? I am not yet fully hearing it. Of course, this voice of the raindrops can only be heard when all vestiges of the ego are cleared away. So we listen deeply in Zazen, right? Just listening. What are we listening to? Things? No. Voice. Whose voice? when our thinking is not upside down. The Heart Sutra, upside down views. What is the voice of no form, no feeling, no thought, no volition, no consciousness? What is it to listen to no raindrop? In opening this dharma we chant, we now can see this, listen to this. Another way of putting it is Hakuin's sound of one hand. This morning we chanted, so completely that we've, we disappeared. Only Kanzeon was in the room. And then what? And then what? The wind said. And this conversation is going on all the time when we take the filters off. 
that session by moving the filters. But the monk hears these raindrops through his separate self, and thus they are the 10,000 things. So Kyosei says, people's thinking is upside down. They lose themselves in the pursuit of things. True self is obscured. The Flower Garland Sutra puts it this way, having lost their real nature, they pursue objects in front of them. Pursuing these things, we have lost our true nature. The monk then says, what about you? Are you losing yourself in the pursuit of things? Well, another peck, right? I mean, you wouldn't ask that question, right? Yeah. Hey, what about you? Are you also lost in pursuit of things? Would you be that daring? But sometimes it's a good thing, right? Ask the stupid question. Peck, peck, peck. And it's a good one. Kyosei had asked this monk to come forth, and he does. And Kyosei responds, almost not losing myself. This is a very tricky statement. Almost not losing myself. Nearly losing myself. Almost not losing myself. You may look into this almost. Remember Dogen's famous saying, to study the self is to study, to study the way is to study the self. To study the self is to forget the self, right? Or lose the self. And to forget the self, to be enlightened by the voice of the raindrops, all the 10,000 things. Right now, as you are. And Kyosei is not lost in pursuit of things, but he says, almost not losing myself, almost lost self, almost forgot the self. What brought him back? Remember Kyosei's great koan, pecking and tapping. Here is a monk. The monk is pecking. Please help me. So gate, gate, gone, gone, beyond. No, no, no. Almost, but I will come back. This again is so compassionate. Just like the other one, what is that sound? More you understand suffering, the more you see 
suffering all around you, pecking and tapping, hearing all cries, right? Almost, but no. Entering into great silence and then returning to sound. Tap, tap. And the monk then says, still in his shell, what do you mean? What do you mean by almost not losing herself? And then Kyose brings it all together, gives a tap that can truly meet this monk in his pecking. Expressing oneself may be relatively easy, but total expression is difficult. To give some words, to give a helping hand may be easy. Intuitively knowing just how, just what, just to express this dharma in some form, some words. But total expression, to completely disappear in an instant, as Engo put it about him in the introduction. Then what? Holding fast. No way to teach. No truth that can be expressed. No words. You know, this verse by Secho is very beautiful. And uh, I welcome you to read it on the bulletin board and bring it to Doksan because we have run out of time. It's a funny thing, isn't it? I just want to read one very brief quotation from the Surangama Sutra about the line, if you say he turned the current back. Here it is. The Buddha instructed me to enter samadhi through hearing. This is each one of us, all right? Enter samadhi through hearing. Just listen. First, in hearing, I turn the current until I forgot the object. And then both the current and the object being silent, both subjectivity and objectivity dropped away. So here we are on South Mountain, on North Mountain. The rain pours down. 